Job expresses his grief, loneliness, and humiliation, while his companions compare his outcome to that of the wicked. It's Job chapters 18 through 22 and Isaiah chapter 29, here on Commuter Bible. This is Commuter Bible, the audio Bible reading plan to match your weekly schedule. I'm your host, John Ross. Job's friends are insulted that he would reject their wisdom, especially because they are drawing their conclusions from that which was commonly assumed by the culture and by their ancestors. Job wants to find comfort and consolation from his friends, but they continue to make a case against him. In an earlier speech, Job spoke of God's justice, but as he responds to his friend Zophar, we can see that he struggles, like many of us, to understand why the wicked are allowed to flourish while the righteous perish. Even if Job goes to the grave, he remembers that his Redeemer lives and will testify over his grave on his behalf. Job chapters 18 through 22. Then Bildad the Shuhite replied, How long until you stop talking? Show some sense, and then we can talk. Why are we regarded as cattle, as stupid in your sight? You who tear yourself in anger, should the earth be abandoned on your account, or a rock be removed from its place? Yes, the light of the wicked is extinguished. The flame of his fire does not glow. The light in his tent grows dark, and the lamp beside him is put out. His powerful stride is shortened, and his own schemes trip him up. For his own feet lead him into a net, and he strays into its mesh. A trap catches him by the heel. A noose seizes him. A rope lies hidden for him on the ground, and a snare waits for him along the path. Terrors frighten him on every side and harass him at every step. His strength is depleted. Disaster lies ready for him to stumble. Parts of his skin are eaten away. Death's firstborn consumes his limbs. He is ripped from the security of his tent and marched away to the king of terrors. Nothing he owned remains in his tent. Burning sulfur is scattered over his home. His roots below dry up and his branches above wither away. All memory of him perishes from the earth. He has no name anywhere. He is driven from light to darkness and chased from the inhabited world. He has no children or descendants among his people, no survivor where he used to live. Those in the west are appalled at his fate, while those in the east tremble in horror. Indeed, Such is the dwelling of the unjust man, and this is the place of the one who does not know God.
Then Job answered, How long will you torment me and crush me with words? You have humiliated me ten times now, and you mistreat me without shame. Even if it is true that I have sinned, my mistake concerns only me. If you really want to appear superior to me and would use my disgrace as evidence against me, then understand that it is God who has wronged me and caught me in his net. I cry out, violence, but get no response. I call for help, but there is no justice. He has blocked my way so that I cannot pass through. He has veiled my paths with darkness. He has stripped me of my honor and removed the crown from my head. He tears me down on every side so that I am ruined. He uproots my hope like a tree. His anger burns against me, and he regards me as one of his enemies. His troops advance together. They construct a ramp against me and camp around my tent. He has removed my brothers from me. My acquaintances have abandoned me. My relatives stop coming by, and my close friends have forgotten me. My house guests and female servants regard me as a stranger. I am a foreigner in their sight. I call for my servant, but he does not answer, even if I beg him with my own mouth. My breath is offensive to my wife, and my own family finds me repulsive. Even young boys scorn me. When I stand up, they mock me. All of my best friends despise me, and those I love have turned against me. My skin and my flesh cling to my bones. I have escaped with only the skin of my teeth. Have mercy on me, my friends. Have mercy. For God's hand has struck me. Why do you persecute me as God does? Will you never get enough of my flesh? I wish that my words were written down, that they were recorded on a scroll, or were inscribed in stone forever by an iron stylus and lead. But I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the end he will stand on the dust. Even after my skin has been destroyed, yet I will see God in my flesh. I will see him myself. My eyes will look at him, and not as a stranger. My heart longs within me. If you say, How will we pursue him since the root of the problem lies with him? Then be afraid of the sword, because wrath brings punishment by the sword, so that you may know there is a judgment. Psalm 
Then Zophar the Namathite replied, This is why my unsettling thoughts compel me to answer. Because I am upset. I have heard a rebuke that insults me, and my understanding makes me reply. Don't you know that ever since antiquity, from the time a human was placed on the earth, the joy of the wicked has been brief, and the happiness of the godless has lasted only a moment? Though his arrogance reaches heaven and his head touches the clouds, he will vanish forever like his own dung. Those who know him will ask, where is he? He will fly away like a dream and never be found. He will be chased away like a vision in the night. The eye that saw him will see him no more, and his household will no longer see him. His children will beg from the poor, for his own hands must give back his wealth. His frame may be full of youthful vigor, but it will lie down with him in the dust. Though evil tastes sweet in his mouth and he conceals it under his tongue, though he cherishes it and will not let it go but keeps it in his mouth, yet the food in his stomach turns into cobra's venom inside him. He swallows wealth but must vomit it up. God will force it from his stomach. He will suck the poison of cobras. A viper's fangs will kill him. He will not enjoy the streams, the rivers flowing with honey and curds. He must return the fruit of his labor without consuming it. He doesn't enjoy the profits from his trading. For he oppressed and abandoned the poor. He seized a house he did not build. Because his appetite is never satisfied, he does not let anything he desires escape. Nothing is left for him to consume. Therefore, his prosperity will not last. At the height of his success, distress will come to him. The full weight of misery will crush him. When he fills his stomach, God will send his burning anger against him, raining it down on him while he is eating. If he flees from an iron weapon, an arrow from a bronze bow will pierce him. He pulls it out of his back, the flashing tip out of his liver. Terrors come over him. Total darkness is reserved for his treasures. A fire unfanned by human hands will consume him. It will feed on what is left in his tent. The heavens will expose his iniquity, and the earth will rise up against him. The possessions in his house will be removed, flowing away on the day of God's anger. This is the wicked person's lot from God, the inheritance God ordained for him.
Then Job answered, Pay close attention to my words. Let this be the consolation you offer. Bear with me while I speak, then after I have spoken, you may continue mocking. As for me, is my complaint against a human being? Then why shouldn't I be impatient? Look at me and shudder. Put your hand over your mouth. When I think about it, I am terrified, and my body trembles in horror. Why do the wicked continue to live, growing old and becoming powerful? Their children are established while they are still alive, and their descendants before their eyes. Their homes are secure and free of fear. No rod from God strikes them. Their bulls breed without fail. Their cows calve and do not miscarry. They let their little ones run around like lambs. Their children skip about, singing to the tambourine and lyre, and rejoicing at the sound of the flute. They spend their days in prosperity and go down to Sheol in peace. Yet they say to God, Leave us alone. We don't want to know your ways. Who is the Almighty that we should serve Him? And what will we gain by pleading with Him? But their prosperity is not of their own doing. The counsel of the wicked is far from me. How often is the lamp of the wicked put out? Does disaster come on them? Does he apportion destruction in his anger? Are they like straw before the wind, like chaff a storm sweeps away? God reserves a person's punishment for his children. Let God repay the person himself so that he may know it. Let his own eyes see his demise. Let him drink from the Almighty's wrath. For what does he care about his family once he is dead, when the number of his months has run out? Can anyone teach God knowledge, since he judges the exalted ones? One person dies in excellent health, completely secure and at ease. His body is well fed, and his bones are full of marrow. Yet, Another person dies with a bitter soul, having never tasted prosperity. But they both lie in the dust, and worms cover them. I know your thoughts very well, the schemes by which you would wrong me. For you say, Where now is the nobleman's house? And where are the tents? The wicked lived in. Have you never consulted those who travel the roads? Don't you accept their reports? Indeed, the evil person is spared from the day of disaster, rescued from the day of wrath. Who would denounce his behavior to his face? Who would repay him 
for what he has done. He is carried to the grave, and someone keeps watch over his tomb. The dirt on his grave is sweet to him. Everyone follows behind him, and those who go before him are without number. So, how can you offer me such futile comfort? Your answers are deceptive. Then Eliphaz the Temanite replied, Can a man be of any use to God? Can even a wise man be of use to him? Does it delight the Almighty if you are righteous? Does he profit if you perfect your behavior? Does he correct you and take you to court because of your piety? Isn't your wickedness abundant? And aren't your iniquities endless? For you took collateral from your brothers without cause, stripping off their clothes and leaving them naked. You gave no water to the thirsty and withheld food from the famished, while the land belonged to a powerful man and an influential man lived in it. You sent widows away empty-handed, and the strength of the fatherless was crushed. Therefore snares surround you, and sudden dread terrifies you, or darkness so you cannot see, and a flood of water covers you. Isn't God as high as the heavens? And look at the highest stars, how lofty they are. Yet you say, what does God know? Can he judge through total darkness? Clouds veil him so that he cannot see as he walks on the circle of the sky. Will you continue on the ancient path that wicked men have walked? They were snatched away before their time, and their foundations were washed by a river. They were the ones who said to God, Leave us alone, and what can the Almighty do to us? But it was he who filled their houses with good things. The counsel of the wicked is far from me. The righteous see this and rejoice. The innocent mock them, saying, Surely our opponents are destroyed, and fire has consumed what they left behind. Come to terms with God and be at peace. In this way good will come to you. Receive instruction from his mouth and place his sayings in your heart. If you return to the Almighty, you will be renewed. If you banish injustice from your tent and consign your gold to the dust, the gold of Ophir to the stones in the wadis, the Almighty will be your gold and your finest silver. Then you will delight in the Almighty and lift up your face to God. You will pray to Him and He will hear you, and you will fulfill your vows. When you make a decision, it will be carried out, and light will shine on your ways. When others are humiliated and you say, lift them up, God will save the humble. He will even rescue the guilty one, who will be rescued by the purity of your hands. 
Isaiah chapter 29 Woe to Ariel! Ariel, the city where David camped! Continue year after year. Let the festivals recur. I will oppress Ariel, and there will be mourning and crying, and she will be to me like an Ariel. I will camp in a circle around you. I will besiege you with earth ramps, and I will set up my siege towers against you. You will be brought down, and you will speak from the ground, and your words will come from low in the dust. Your voice will be like that of a spirit from the ground. Your speech will whisper from the dust. Your many foes will be like fine dust, and many of the ruthless like blowing chaff. Then suddenly, in an instant, you will be punished by the Lord of armies with thunder, earthquake, and loud noise, storm, tempest, and a flame of consuming fire. All the many nations going out to battle against Ariel, all the attackers, the siege works against her, and those who oppress her, will then be like a dream, a vision in the night. It will be like a hungry one who dreams he is eating, then wakes and is still hungry. And like a thirsty one who dreams he is drinking, then wakes and is still thirsty, longing for water. So it will be for all the many nations who go to battle against Mount Zion. Stop and be astonished. Blind yourselves and be blind. They are drunk, but not with wine. They stagger, but not with beer. For the Lord has poured out on you an overwhelming urge to sleep. He has shut your eyes, the prophets, and covered your heads, the seers. For you the entire vision will be like the words of a sealed document. If it is given to one who can read and he is asked to read it, he will say, I can't read it because it is sealed. And if the document is given to one who cannot read, and he is asked to read it, he will say, I can't read. The Lord said, These people approach me with their speeches to honor me with lip service, yet their hearts are far from me, and human rules direct their worship of me. Therefore I will again confound these people with wonder after wonder. The wisdom of their wise will vanish, and the perception of their perceptive will be hidden. Woe to those who go to great lengths to hide their plans from the Lord. They do their works in the dark and say, Who sees us? Who knows us? You have turned things around as if the potter were the same as the clay. How can what is made say about its maker, He didn't make me? How can what is formed say about the one who formed it, He doesn't understand what he's doing? 
Isn't it true that in just a little while, Lebanon will become an orchard, and the orchard will seem like a forest? On that day, the deaf will hear the words of a document, and out of a deep darkness, the eyes of the blind will see. The humble will have joy after joy in the Lord, and the poor people will rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. For the ruthless one will vanish, the scorner will disappear, and all those who lie in wait with evil intent will be killed. Those who, with their speech, accuse a person of wrongdoing, who set a trap for the one meditating at the city gate, and without cause, Deprive the righteous of justice. Therefore, the Lord who redeemed Abraham says this about the house of Jacob. Jacob will no longer be ashamed, and his face will no longer be pale. For when he sees his children, the work of my hands within his nation, they will honor my name. They will honor the Holy One of Jacob, and stand in awe of the God of Israel. Those who are confused will gain understanding, and those who grumble will accept instruction. Commuter Bible is available on a number of platforms, and I know from hearing from some of you that this is the first podcast that you've listened to. So I wanted you to know there are apps available that can make it easier for you to get Commuter Bible delivered to you on a regular basis. You'll find this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, Overcast, and many more. Just go to your app store and search for any of those. Today's episode was narrated and orchestrated by me, John Ross, and co-produced by Bobby Brown, Caitlin Pridgen, Eric Williamson, and the Christian Standard Bible. Thanks for listening, and remember, happy is the one whose delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night.